Section 12 of The Light of Egypt, or The Science of the Soul and the Stars, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Light of Egypt, or the Science of the Soul and the Stars, Volume 2, by Thomas Bergoni. Chapter 11. The Magic Wand. This is the last lesson of our present course, that requires a clear definition of the terms employed in the title, Thereof. For the twelfth, and final study is, perhaps, fortunate in having for its title a word that has not, so far, been misused and distorted from its original sense. The magic wand, the words savor of everything that the young Tyro in occult art can picture to his mind, of the midnight magician and his mysterious, if not diabolical, arts, muttering his incantations, working his gruesome spells, and raising the restless ghosts of the dead. Strange fancies, these, and yet so corrupt and ignorant, have become the conceptions of the popular mind regarding the once sacred science of the temple and the psychological powers of nature that we very much question. If the ideas above stated were not very similar to the originals of each modern student, before he had become acquainted with the deeper truths, the realities of occult philosophy. We will commence our study by a careful investigation of the original meaning of the words magic wand, since those who were the masters and originators thereof are far more likely to know more about them than their degenerate offspring of a later age. Few, comparatively, would believe that the words magic, mason, and imagination are the present unrelated descendants of the same original conception, the root idea, but such is the case. First, then, we will examine their modern meanings. Magic is the unholy art of working secret spells, of using invisible powers and holding intercourse with the unseen world of ghosts and demons by means of enchantments. It is also means the expert deception of the senses by the tricks of a conjurer, so-called hocus-pocus and fraud, and a magician is either an evil-minded superstitious mortal fool enough to believe in charms, or an expert pretender and impostor of the first water, who cheats and deceives the people. A mason is the honorable designation of a builder who works in stone, metaphysically a member of a semi-secret society, whose sole advantage is social intercourse and standing, who proclaim fraternity and universal brotherhood theoretically and practice the reverse in reality. 
a man who apes the egyptian mason knows nothing in reality of hiram his master who knows nothing of the starry solomon or his mystic temple in the heavens which hiram built and who misconceives the import of the three villains or assassins and who further knows nothing of that wonderful sprig of myrtle in short a freemason speaking generally is a man who delights in ideals social equality secret fraternity and plays at mysticism who parades on the masonic stage and enacts a role he does not understand the first meaning that of a builder is the most correct lastly the imagination is the exercise of mental imagery the picturings of silent thought and now we will proceed backwards imagination is from the word image a form a picture and has descended to us from the latin imago which in its turn was derived from the old semitic root mag mason comes to us from the latin mass which means to mold and form i e to build and the word mass through various transformations was also derived from the root word mag consequently originally there was but little difference in the ancient idea of building pictures in the mind and erecting the mental idea externally in stone it is from this fact that we have today mental masons allah the secret orders and stone masons who labor for wages <clears throat> the mental masons have merely lost the knowledge of their art they should by rights be as active and correspondingly useful today as their more physical brothers the masons of stone this art would never have fallen into disgrace and disuse if their daily bread or material accumulations had depended upon their efforts in building up the mental moral and spiritual attainments of each other and bringing their knowledge into more external use by making the material edifice the physical body a purer and more fitting temple for the divine soul magic comes from the latin magi and the greek word magos which means wise learned in the mysteries and was the synonym of wisdom the initiated philosopher, the priest, and the wise men are all of them included in the Magi. Again, tracing this word to its remote ancestor, we find it terminating in the same Semitic root, mag, but of this strange root no one was able to say much, except that it seemed to belong to the Assyrian branch of the great Semitic race. But quite recently, thanks to our scientific explorers and archaeologists, first in the mysterious meaning of cuneiform inscription, Assyrian scholars now inform us that they have found the hoary, primitive original of it, of magic, magi, and imago, etc. It is from an old Akkadian word, imga, meaning wise, holy, and learned, and was used as the distinguishing title of their wisest sages priests and philosophers who as may be supposed gradually formed 
a peculiar caste, which merged into the ruling priestly order. The Semites, who succeeded the old Akkadian race in the valley of the Euphrates as a mere matter of verbal convenience, transform many of the old Akkadian words to suit their own articulation, and Imga became Mag, and thus Magi. The blend between the Semitic and the older Akkadian race, produced by fusion of racial blood, the famed Chaldeans. So that we see how old are the words which many of us daily use, but with different meaning. Verily, it makes one feel when he thinks of magic and its origin as though he were quite nearly related to the people who honored King Sargon, the wise, the earthly original of the mystic Solomon of biblical tradition. The term wand is an old Saxon word which primarily signifies to set in motion, to move. From this we derive our word wander, i.e. to roam, and wandering, i.e. moving, and continually restless. We have now the original, therefore real, meaning of the words magic wand, thus an object that sets in motion the powers of the magician, and the magician, an initiate of the sacred rites, a master of wisdom, possessing all the resources that enable him to build, mold, and form to create in fact by virtue of his knowledge of the secret powers of mental imagery and the potential use of his own imagination. He is both mental mason and learned philosopher. The student may doubtless ask, why all this care and labor regarding mere definitions? We reply that it is because the real meaning of the words we have purposely selected for the title of our studies are, in themselves, a far better revelation than we could possibly have written. Originally, ideas and words were related as absolute expressions or correspondences of each other. This is not so now. As the different races become interblended, the purity of both language and morals retrograded and the people grew more to the external. The intuitions and spirit were compelled to retreat, giving place to only the intellectual and mental. The blending of the languages gave birth to many words, wherein different meanings were transmitted. Hence, the trouble arising today over the numerous interpretations of a single word. Hybrid races have no such thing as a pure language. Their ideas and languages, like their blood, is badly mixed up, confusing and unsatisfactory, so far as the real meaning of the words are concerned. For this very reason, we find so many different meanings for the same word, and also for this reason, we cannot formulate a legal enactment in the Anglo-Saxon tongue that a learned lawyer versed in this senseless jugglery of words cannot demonstrate to the satisfaction of the courts means something the very opposite of the real intentions the spirit which the framers thereof 
intended it to convey. Anciently, it required no artful cunning of the lawyer to interpret the laws. The words had only one simple and obvious meaning. If a language could be so constructed today, and the antiquated precedents of the courts annihilated, the legal profession would be exterminated inside of twelve months, and an infliction removed from the people. The philosophy of the magic wand is this. It is a magnetic, electric conductor for the magician's will. It directs the flow of his thought and concentrates it upon a given point in space or an object. It is, magically, what the sights of a rifle are to a sportsman. It enables him to focus his powers with exact precision upon the mark against which or upon which his will is directed. Apart from this, there is no power per se in the wand itself any more than there is in a lightning conductor without the electric storm. Ergo, the wand is the conductor in the magician's hand for the lightnings of the soul, and just as the lightning rod is most useful and most powerful to protect, when the storm is the strongest, so is the wand more powerful in the hands of the most potential magician. We can only transmit through this wand the degree of force we may happen to possess in the soul. In a properly prepared wand lies the most powerful weapon to protect or destroy that can be placed within a magician's hands with his own spiritual force and knowledge combined with the magic power attached to the instrument nothing can withstand its power when directed with a determined and powerful will many substances have been employed in the manufacture of these magic wands metals or stones will not serve this purpose unless covered with some organic matter in any case stones are worthless the very finest wands are made from the live ivory of a female elephant a short wand twenty one inches long tipped with gold at the largest end and silver or copper at the other is very powerful next to these costly articles are wands with a gold or copper core a wire in fact cased with ebony boxwood rosewood cedar or sandalwood english yew also serves the purpose so does almond wood simpler less expensive and almost as effective are wands made of witch hazel in fact apart from the wands of live ivory i consider that witch hazel is as powerful as the golden wand next in force to this witch hazel are the shoots of the almond tree and lastly the peach and swamp willow the proper time to manufacture a magic wand is whenever you can find the person who is able to do the work but after it is constructed 
it must be thoroughly magnetized with proper ceremony and aspiration the first or the second full moon after the sun enters capricorn at midnight when the moon will be culminating in her own sign upon the mid-heaven the best time to cut a shoot of witch hazel or other material for a wand is the first full moon after the sun's entry into capricorn at midnight and then magnetize it upon the next full moon at the same hour in conclusion let us repeat that the magic wand is but the highly sensitive magical medium for transmitting and concentrating the force of the learned magician that it is equally powerful under great excitement of mind whether used consciously or not the stream of mental fire will go in the direction the wand happens to be pointed and therefore should never be in the hands of the wicked or foolish any more than firearms it is potential or otherwise in exact proportion to the artist's wisdom and dynamic mentality and is useless in the hands of the idiotic or weak-minded a magic wand requires brains and vigorous mental force to make it effective just as the steam engine requires an apparatus for generating the steam that moves it with a determined will and a mental conception of one's inward power any man or woman can by means of this sensitive wand defy all the legionnaires of hell and quickly disperse every form of spiritual iniquity the firearms which have become so intricate in their mechanism and so destructive in their operations are only a degeneration of the magic wand the first weapons of warfare and slaughter were very crude and clumsy then larger and more destructive until at last they have become as fine in texture and mechanical genius compared with their early brothers as the magic wand is today above and beyond the present weapons of warfare at last the original mode of defense will be rediscovered and become a utility in the hands of the majority of mankind at the same time the mental and moral nature will be evolving into better conditions too so that their use will not be given to the ignorant and evildoers but placed in charge of the educated those who are morally capable of leading and ruling yes we are now stepping upon the plane of reason and intuition where right not might will prevail and rule the world the present mode of government and rule will be changed and one of humanitarian justice takes its place god hasten the millennium end of section 12 recording by jill preston